Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Eric Corum, founder of AIM7. Welcome back to The Blueprint, where we distill cutting-edge science, leadership, and life skills into simple tactics optimized for your busy lifestyle and goals. Today's episode is a continuation in a series I'm doing on how to build adaptive capacity, which is the key for leveraging stress for growth in almost any area of your life. And today I'll be discussing how much exercise and which types of exercise you need to do to improve adaptive capacity. Today's episode is a follow-up to episode 222. And in that episode, I explained how the general stress reaction that occurs with exercise improves global stress resilience. There's kind of this toughening mechanism. And yes, this includes psychological resilience and how exercise helps protect you from illness. If you want a refresher on how this works, go back to episode 222 and you'll get more than you could ask for. Out of the gate though, I'm going to make this really simple for you. You need to engage in two generic types of exercise if you want to improve your adaptive capacity, improve your body composition, and basically every other biomarker that's going to lend itself to living longer. And here it is, aerobic exercise and resistance training. The key then is how much and how intense. Now, from a cardiovascular perspective, you need to perform at least 150 to 300 minutes of moderate intensity exercise or 75 to 150 minutes of vigorous intensity exercise each week to ensure that you're meeting the basic physical requirements that are needed to build adaptive capacity. So the next question you may be asking is what is moderate and what is vigorous? Exercise intensity can be measured by using something called a MET, M-E-T, or metabolic equivalent of a task. It's the ratio of the rate at which a person expends energy relative to their body mass. One MET is the rate of energy expended while sitting at rest, which is anchored in how much oxygen you consume at rest, which is equivalent to 3.5 milliliters of oxygen per kilogram of body weight per minute. Now, for folks out there that want to get into the details on this, I've linked two articles in the show notes, and you can really get into the science of METs and the METs for specific activities, but I want to make this simple for you. Here's a simple rule of thumb. If you're exercising at a brisk pace, but can still talk, you know, your heart rate's elevated, but you can still talk, you're most likely in this moderate zone. If you want to be more exact, Try to get your heart rate above 60% of your max heart rate. And a simple way to determine your max heart rate is subtract your age from 220. And that'll give you a very rough estimate. For all the physiologists out there listening to this, I know that's not 100% accurate, but it's a heuristic and it's close enough. I choose to do all my moderate aerobic exercise in zone two, which is like 60 to 75% of max heart rate. There's a lot of reasons for this. Improvements in mitochondrial density, Uh, Cardiac output's really great for your heart, improves HRV. Just an FYI though, going for a walk, unless you are really out of shape, will not cut the threshold of moderate intensity exercise because your heart rate's not going to get up. Now, if you're rucking or hiking, that's a different story. So rucking would be like wearing a weighted vest or you you go hiking up hills. Now your heart rate's going to really get elevated. I don't want to dissuade you from going out and getting more steps in as this is really good for health and longevity, but we're talking about deliberate exercise that elicits physiological changes to improve health and longevity and improve your adaptive capacity. Now, vigorous exercise is exercise that exceeds six METs. 
which is typically, I'm just, this is a very rough estimate, around 75% of max heart rate or greater. So high intensity interval training, long continuous zone three exercise would fit into this category. This is where you're having a hard time having a conversation. You're exercising pretty vigorously. Now, the mode of exercise doesn't matter. Cycling, jogging, step mill, really doesn't matter as long as you hit the intensity. So why double the amount of moderate versus vigorous? Remember I said 150 to 300 minutes for moderate, 75 to 150 minutes for vigorous. Well, vigorous intensity exercise enables you to condense time to get a lot of the same effects you would get with lower intensity exercise in a shorter period of time. Now, it all does, it all isn't one for one, okay? But if you're time poor, I'm not going to tell you not to go do HIIT training, but I think a blend of both is better. So the Department of Health and Human Services gave this a multiple of two. If you look at the government standards, so 150 to 300 for moderate, 75 to 150 minutes for vigorous. Um, if you want to get into the types of exercises that you can do in these specific zones, check out episodes 126 and 135. I go into a deep dive on zone two, basic aerobic exercise, high intensity exercise, all that kind of stuff. Now, remember, this is the bare minimum requirements. Kind of reminds me of office space, like minimum flare. This is the bare minimum. A recent long-term study conducted from 1988 to 2018 with over 115,000 participants found that doubling these requirements, so doing 300 to 600 minutes of moderate physical activity or 150 to 300 minutes of vigorous reduced all-cause mortality by anywhere between 4 to 13%. Now, was everyone living longer because of just exercise? Or do people that exercise more have other healthy habits like eating better, sleeping more. This isn't just a very linear thing. There's multiple variables going into this. Now, in another study titled Independent and Joint Associations of Weightlifting and Aerobic Activity with All-Cause Mortality, Cardiovascular Disease and Cancer Mortality in the Prostate, Lung, and Colorectal and Ovarian Cancer Screening Trial. Man, that's a mouthful. The authors used data from this screening trial, which started in 1993, and they reviewed follow-up data gathered in 2016. So this is a 23-year study with approximately 100,000 people. And they found that the lowest mortality risk for this population was found in people doing both weightlifting and aerobic exercise. Participants doing any weightlifting at all had a 9% lower all-cause mortality. For those doing any level of moderate and vigorous physical activity and weightlifting, get this, a 24 to 34% reduction in all-cause mortality. I mean, that's pretty amazing. Participants who hit their moderate and vigorous minimums, so the 150 to 300 or 75 to 150, and lifted one to two times a week, had a 41 to 47% reduction in all-cause mortality. So this brings us to resistance training, the second thing. Everyone needs to resistance train at least two times a week. If you're really out of shape, body weight exercise may be enough resistance to start with. I mean, like if lunging or doing a sit-up or this is where like TRX stuff is really great because you can use your body weight as resistance. So I would say if you're really out of shape to just never done any resistance training, start with body weight. If you're in reasonable shape, 
I highly recommend weightlifting and lifting weights that challenge you. You need to supply sufficient strain to your muscles to maintain or slow down age-related muscle loss. You don't want to end up with sarcopenia. That is a bad thing. Like your risk of dying goes up considerably. Now, this can be machine training. I'm 43. No, 42. And I do a lot more resistance training using machines now than I used to. Why? It's just more stable. I still do trap bar deadlifts. I still do dumbbell presses and rows, but I use machines from time to time. You know, you could do functional high intensity group training as long as you can perform the exercises safely and you're sufficiently straining your musculoskeletal system, go for it. You know, this could be things like CrossFit or, you know, F45 or just make sure that you're actually putting some strain on your muscle, not from a metabolic standpoint, but from a structural standpoint. And that's why I really think these weightlifting sessions, in my opinion, should be standalone sessions where there's plenty of rest or, you know, 60 to 90 seconds rest and you're really bringing that muscle to a point of fatigue. I recommend, again, you resistance train at least two sessions a week. I would say one and a half to two hours per week. Now, some folks may be thinking, this is nuts. You want me to exercise four to six hours a week? Yep. Let's think about it. One of the primary reasons we're even needing to do this is because we're, like, we're like house pets now. We do nothing. Our bodies weren't designed for sedentary living. Like 150 years ago, most of us would be walking everywhere doing manual labor and living a very active lifestyle. Now we have a hard time getting 5,000 steps in a day. We have trackers just to make sure we move our body. So yeah, if you want to live longer and be more resilient to stress, you need to deliberately engage in physical activity. Here's the deal. If you're only doing 100 minutes of moderate intensity exercise and zero strength training, don't go all in tomorrow and injure yourself. Okay, that's not what I want you to do. Start with by adding like 10 to 15% exercise volume each week, okay? So like if you're exercising 100 minutes, you would add 10 to 15 minutes a week until you can start hitting these goals. If you need an automated way to do this, the AIM7 app, which we've designed, was actually built for this. As a matter of fact, the whole thing was built to improve adaptive capacity and make it super simple. So let's wrap this up. From an exercise perspective, to improve adaptive capacity, you need to perform at least 150 to 300 minutes of moderate intensity exercise or 75 to 150 minutes of vigorous intensity exercise. This is aerobic exercise. Doing more is better. Now, you don't have to microwave the process. You should take your time in getting there. And you need to lift weights at least two times a week. That's it. Listen, y'all. I believe in you. You have got this. I hope this podcast comes across in a motivating or an encouraging way. Like you have the answers to the test. It's not that complicated. It just takes some work, which I know is hard. And so we're here. I'm here. You know, I put stuff out on social media. I'm trying to encourage these healthy behaviors, giving you the science, giving you the tools you need. So I guess in closing, you've got this. I know you can do it. Thanks again for listening to the Blueprint Podcast. And look, here's something I want to try. If you're hitting these standards, do me a favor. Take a screenshot of the artwork, post it on social media, and let me know what you're hitting each week for moderate and vigorous and weightlifting. If you're not, do the same thing and let me know what your goal is. I think this would be such a phenomenal thing to get rolling as we head into the new year. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you on the next episode.